Hey friends, Thanksgiving will be here before we know it. It's hard to believe, I know. Now, do you want to have truly a grateful holiday season instead of a grumbly one? Well, I'm so excited about my new resource, The Grumble Free Here. It's available for pre-order now. If you go to thegrumblefreeyear.com, there's links to all the places you can pre-order it. And if you do, right there on that website, thegrumblefreeyear.com, you can sign up to get some free bonuses. And that includes some color sheets that you can print up. I actually use these very scripture sheets to teach my kids scriptures about not grumbling. There's also a gratitude journal that you can use during this holiday season. Now, it's online, so kids, even little kids, can draw their pictures of things that they're grateful for. The fun thing is, with our family, we put it inside of a binder, and then I'm going to, every year, add another set of this journal. So this will be a keepsake for us. We can print them up, write things we're grateful for, write 2019 on it. Next year, we'll have 2020, and over the years, we can look back and see the things that we were grateful for. So I hope you check out those free bonuses at thegrumblefreegear.com. And I know if you want to be grateful instead of grumbling, I know this book is for you too. Today, we're going to be talking about nature and God's hand in nature. Now, what are your favorite things about nature? Where do you love to visit? Do you like to hike in the mountains? Do you like to sit on the beach? Do you like to explore the swamps? I don't know. Where do you like to connect with nature? Now, when I think of nature, I think of the beauty of Montana. We lived there for 15 years, and I couldn't believe, like, a 30-minute drive, we'd be up in the Rocky Mountains and just enjoying the sun, the beauty, the mountains, the um, Indian paintbrush, the bear grass, all the things. It was just so amazing. There's this one favorite trail that I love. It's called Avalanche Trail and it leads to this gorge with this roaring water and there's these huge ferns that the the leaves are like three or four um, feet across and they're in this wooded forest in the side of these mountains and it was really only 30 minutes from my home. But how many days did I barely even leave the house? I mean so many times I would got in and my car was parked in my garage in Montana. Um, It gets cold. We had an automatic car starter. I'd open the garage door, start the car, go out, run into the store, run back in. So many times it was in the winter we were in my house. But then even in the spring, this beauty is around me and I'm working, I'm doing laundry and I forget to go out to nature. I remember one time my kids were going um, out to VBS and I just got this wild idea to drive up to the park which is only like a where I was dropping them off at VBS is only maybe a 15 minute drive and as I walked down that trail saw those ferns breathe in the wonderful freshness of that air of those plants of nature I thought why don't I do this more often I forget I get busy I get caught up and I forget to connect with God but as I'm there just connecting with him Okay, maybe a little scared of bears looking around as I walk the trail, but mostly thinking about God and his beauty and his majesty. And I remember by the time I picked the kids back up from BBS, my heart was just full. I had just sensed God in nature. We're going to be talking about that today. 
with my friend um, Lori Keller. Now, I met her at a writer's conference years and years ago. We've catch, kept in touch, and I just love how she gives us these glimpses of God's beauty all around us. So, um, as you're listening, maybe if you have a few minutes, two minutes, step outside. If it's uh, maybe sunny, if it's rainy, you know, grab a little umbrella, breathe in the scent of the rain. As you're listening to this, think about God, think about nature and connect with him. Um, If you're not doing it while you're listening to this podcast, make a plan to do it this week. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Now, here is my friend, Lori. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, today in Walk It Out, we're really going to be talking about walking it out. We're going to be talking about stepping into wonder, stepping into nature, and finding God in the heart of it. And we're going to be talking about the book, This Outside Life. But first of all, I want to introduce you to my friend who I've known for many years. So welcome, Lori Keller. Hi there. It's so great to connect with you. Okay. When did we meet at Mount Hermon? I'm trying to... Oh, oh please. This is going to make me sound like an, a, a woman who needs a cane. <laughs> um, gosh, it was it like 93, 94? Well, okay. My first year was 94. So yeah, so it was 94 then. That is crazy. So we met the very first year at my Harmon. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay, but, and here we are. What, and I remember you were wearing those? overalls and you were, had this dreamy look in your eyes. And you're like, I want to write fiction. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't speak that language. I'm totally nonfiction. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, both overalls and the dreamy look. That's totally true. <laughs> But it is so fun, like, to know people through the years and, like, you know, we kind of see each other online and stuff. But I love, like, all of a sudden a new book shows up and I'm like, yes, I want to talk to Lori about this. Um, But before we get that, just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your family. Well, I was raised as a free-range child, which is... um something I would not do with my son these days. So I feel sorry for this generation. But yeah, I just roamed all over. I grew up in Wisconsin. So lakes, forests, canoe trips, swimming, sailing, skiing in the winter. So I had a very outdoor lifestyle. And um, now I live in California near the coast in a small town. And I have um, one son who's 16 and not interested in getting his driver's license. It's kind of strange. I couldn't wait to get mine, but he doesn't care. Um, And so... Yeah. And I talk about, um, gosh, it took seven years to get him. I talk about that in my Gardening Mercies book. So that was a long struggle. Um, but now I'm a mom of a teenager. And yeah, I spend my time doing bike rides along the coast or walking or um, stuff like that. Yeah. So my son, uh, my third, 
you have 10 now, but <laughs> 10 kids now. But my third oldest, he, I think it was 18 or 19 before he took his test. Like he had no interest. He didn't care. Like he was just happy. Isn't that weird? This generation. Child. Yeah. This generation just is like, eh, I don't care. Whereas I was like the day I turned 16, I'm getting my license. Yeah. I think it was my 16th birthday. Like I think we went on my 16th birthday. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting. But now you have a teenager, which I do remember, like, the whole journey to getting him. So I love, he's a teenager now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like a rookie compared to you. I mean. <laughs> well, they're a lot of work, but they're they're good and life is good. And, um, and, and I love just how you talked about being a free range child. Because, okay, I'm thinking of. You know, we spent summers, my, I think my mom would like lock us out of the house for like eight hours. Oh, and if absolutely. I had to go in for something, I'd like had to knock on the door, <laughs> to unlock the door. Oh, um, yeah. But I was, I was at the library. So even though she locked me out of the house, I would, the, we live within the bike ride of the library. So I spent a lot of time there, but I do think, I mean, I just do remember like building forts under the bushes in the backyard. And one of my friends um lived on like on the side of a hill but by some woods there's lots of pine trees and we would build forts and be out there all day long and I think this generation definitely often doesn't experience that but I know that there are so many things that we miss when we are not connected with nature and this summer our family went up to Montana um which is the perfect place to spend summers we were only there for a week but just the you know, going down the river and the nature and just being there, like, this is the best day ever. And like, we forget that when we're just so busy in our home. So I just love to hear like kind of your heart be- behind why you wanted to write this outside life. Well, you know, I just love nature. And I noticed, you know, when you raise a child, you realize, wait a minute, I spent a lot of time outdoors when I was growing up and we were climbing trees and building forts in the trees and picking berries and exploring um, there are the, these Native American caves near the lake. And I realized, wow, these, these kids don't have it these days. And so I just started realizing I had some unique experiences. You know, I've been, I lived in Australia for three years and I scuba dove a lot when I was there. And um, just I've swum across Lake Tahoe. I've done a lot of backpacking up in Yosemite, and I realized, huh? Okay, I guess not everybody has these experiences. I should write about how you see God in nature, and um, I was always struck by how proud God was of His creation, how much He talks about it in Scripture. And I thought, well, if He's really proud of it, and He wants to, it's almost like he's bragging about it. When you read in Job, the last three chapters, Mm -hmm. like 38 to 41, he's like, have you noticed this? Have you noticed that? And I thought, yeah, he wants us to notice it. This is really important. And the science behind it is fascinating about how kids do so much better when they get outside. It's so good for their mental health. It's good for their physical health. It helps if you've got ADHD. It helps with depression. It helps them focus. And you know, they're seeing kids in New York City who don't get outside. They're always in front of their screens. You know, they're starting to see rickets with lack of vitamin D. So, yeah, wow. it's, it's important to get outside. Yeah, and I think really it almost is just, not just, but a lot of our country. <laughs> we are addicted to screens and you know, our phones and we are workaholics in the United States because my daughter, Leslie, lives in the Czech Republic. Um, she's married and they, first of all, she lives in a city, but they don't have cars. I would say most of the people in, and it's not a huge city. It's like a hundred thousand people. Most of the people don't have cars and they walk everywhere. 
So they walk to church. Her husband walks to work. She was teaching at the university and she walks to work. And then um, they get three years paid maternity leave, which is just amazing. Three years? Three years. Wow. Paid maternity leave. So she has a little baby who's seven months old. And every day she takes her baby for an hour walk out through the parks in the stroller. And that's so part of their culture. So all the moms... You know, we're walking outside and all the moms are out there with their babies strolling through the parks in the day. It's just, you know, and they meet in the park, these young moms with their kids and the kids run around. And we always joke because we went on mission trips and we'd be with these Czech families. Um, We do, you know, the the mission trips with family camps and they say, we're going to go for a short hike. And so, you know, the Americans are like thinking like 15 minutes, (laughs) like an hour later up this steep hill the americans are like panting and we're so and they're looking at us like you guys are crazy like this is a short hike because it's only an hour and not like six hours but they like nature's so a part of them so i i think i mean just from being in different countries and stuff it is very much like our society is very indoors we got our air conditioning we got our cars mm-hmm. we're driving from starbucks to home and we do miss so much of what god has for us in the outside world yeah and i think a lot of us are suffering from nature blindness which means mm-hmm. like the only time we see it is we dash from our cars to the building you know from our building to the car from our car to the house and we only notice like oh it's raining are my shoes gonna get wet but we don't notice hey is are the trees budding out is it spring or oh is it fall are the trees turning color is that a deciduous tree or an evergreen you know we're just completely nature ignorant and it's good to pay attention. That's all I tell people is pay attention. Notice what's going on and point it out. You know, are geese flying overhead going south? Are they making noise? Point it out. Yeah, that is so good. Um, I walk with my friend in the mornings and that's where we see like little bunnies hopping in the subdivision and geese and the birds in the trees and the ducks and so much of my time like I'm in the house working and homeschooling and I miss that. And it's just like if it wasn't for that morning walk with my friend, I would just miss like so much of God's beauty and the animals and the you know flowers budding and stuff. And it is, you know, we only walk for like 45 minutes, but it does. It feels so good. And I think it's not just the exercise. I think it's what you're saying. It's like being aware of the nature and the beauty that God has just wherever we are. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand the fact that um, we don't have a yard at the moment. We're living in this townhome. And so I have to take the dog out late at night, you know, to make sure he doesn't pee in the house. And when I'm out there, I can look up at the stars and I can hear the owls hooting. And in the mornings when I take him out, I think, oh, you know, I've got work to do. I don't want to do this. And then I have seen wild turkeys, coyotes, deer, rabbits, uh, robins building their nests. It's like, okay, there's a whole lot to see when you're out there. There's all sorts of little discoveries that would just pass us by if we're in our cars. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. I mean, sometimes it is just walking the dog that gets us outside, but I mean, it does. Don't you feel like so much like just joy and wonder when you see, like you've mentioned, like wild turkeys, here we are. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of science that's coming out recently that studies show that the more time you spend in nature, the better it is for your mental health. And they've mm-hmm. actually proven that it boosts your immune system, it lowers blood pressure, it improves your mood. And with kids, you know, especially with ADHD, it increases their ability to focus. And hospitals have realized, you know, if you put somebody in a room with a view of a tree or a park, they actually heal better 
with less complications than somebody like facing a brick wall. So, you know, why not get outside? Yeah. I know one of the chapters you talk about fireflies, um, which I had a debate on Facebook, like, are they fireflies? Or are they lightning bugs? In the South, they call them lightning bugs. Well, so both. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I'm like, they're fireflies. I'm from California. We call them fireflies. But um, the fun thing is in the South, because I live in Arkansas now, is we never really experienced that because I lived in Northern California, then Montana, which they don't have either, you know, fireflies slash lightning bugs. But I remember like the first time in our yard, just like seeing their little lights. And it's just so amazing. But one of the best things we did was last summer, we went up and we rented a house in Northwest Arkansas and all my kids went. So we, I'm like, this is the weekend. Everyone's coming. You know, dad and I are paying Just show up. And it turned out when we got there, like the internet was horrible, which was like the best thing ever for even my grown kids. Yeah. But there was a creek and at night it was the most amazing firefly thing you've ever experienced. Cause it's like this dirt path road. Then there's a creek on both sides and there's like all these trees that are hanging over it and there was thousands of fireflies and it was like the most just like you see in the movies it was the most amazing thing and I'm like you know we could have gone to an amusement park and we could have been in a fancy hotel but here we are on this little country road in the middle of northwest Arkansas there's not good internet but everyone was out enjoying the fireflies and it was just like one of the most magical like vacation things we ever did and I think it does take like kind of stepping away and even like you know I mean it said in the brochure that there was wi-fi but we definitely didn't have good wi-fi <laughs> when we were there but it ended up being like one of the best things for our family yeah and what's so fun about nature is you can't control it you know, like you can't cue the colors of the sunset you can't cue how many fireflies are there so you're just like sitting there as a is a participant in this moment of wonder and awe. And it's just so incredible. You know, you're really fortunate that you live in the South because in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, they have a lottery for this um, amazing time of year where, you know how normally fireflies kind of go bleep, 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 bleep. It's kind of random. Yeah. Well, in this one spot, they all do it in synchronization. It's all, they all flash on together and what? then flash off. Yeah, it's really dramatic and incredible. And you they have a lottery because it's so popular to go see this. So like you had to get to enter the lottery to like go to this area to even yeah. get access to go see them. And I think they, you know, your flashlights have to be covered with like red um paper so that, you know, you don't confuse the fireflies with a regular flashlight, but it's this amazing synchronous uh, display that instead of random twinkling lights, they all kind of at once and then down. I, I really oh. want to see this. I just think that sounds so cool. We need to put our names in that lottery. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to put that in the show notes. Like, well, no, we don't want to tell them where to put it. Because, <laughs> sorry, listeners, Lori and I are just going to put our names yeah. in. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get to down there anytime soon. I mean, and, and I wonder, too, it must be a year ahead of time. So, yeah, October is probably a good time to put your name in for it for the there summer. You- there you go. Um, but what I love also about your book is that you do bring it back to like God. And uh, you, know, you talk about even in the Firefly one, um, being, you know, lights, the hands of a faithful God and, you know, reflecting his light and fallible flames. I mean, so much is um, you're taking nature and you're like, OK, go around and look. But let me tell you this. So I would just love like to know, like, what do you hope readers get when they sit down with your book? What do you hope they're going to? kind of get out of it and how it's going to nurture them as they read it. 
Well, I want them to be able to see nature. First of all, I want to open their eyes instead of just like, well, it's a bunch of trees. I want them to really understand what they're looking at. So in every chapter, there's science and I explain what's going on. Like, why do so many creatures sing? And, and did you know that whales sing? And why do they sing? So you're going to learn about that. But then I'm going to turn it back and say, and here's a biblical takeaway. You know, like um, great horned owls are so interesting. Be well, and all owls, they regurgitate the useless food they don't want. So there's such a lesson in there. Like we digest through social media so much junk and so much mm -hmm. comparison and things that just really pollute our minds. I mean, <laughs> um, I remember one day looking at somebody's brand new house and her beautiful office and I, was, and I started crying because it was like, that's what I want. Why hasn't God answered my prayer? And I thought, okay, the recipe for misery is comparison. Mm -hmm. Just stop. And you know, what I realized is you have to regurgitate all that, like the great horn, horned owl, all the useless bits and pieces that you can't digest. Just get rid of that and fill your mind with it, with whatever's true and beautiful and lovely and of good repute and focus on your blessings. And so in every chapter, I try to give readers um, a lesson about science and nature. And then what's the takeaway? How can you apply that to your life? Okay. I love that. Okay. And you have to talk about fog because... I never really thought about fog before, but I'm like, oh my goodness, because you talk about there's a purpose for fog um, in, in living in California. I mean, you're more aware of fog than I am in Arkansas, but why don't you t explain a little bit about that? Well, the fog is amazing because um, it's so hot inland here, you know, around the uh, wine country, it's just, you know, 100 degrees or whatever, but then you've got the cool ocean that comes up the, the current along the west coast comes down from alaska and it brings really cold water down the coast of california whereas on the east coast it's all coming up from the caribbean you've got the warm water and mm -hmm. even warm up through maine so when this cool air um their cool water hits this warm air you get this fog and it people think oh what a nuisance and what's so funny is you can always tell the tourists in san francisco because they're wearing sandals and summer dresses <laughs> and you know the natives are in down parkas because they know it's going to be 50 degrees foggy and chilly and um <laughs> so that's how we can always tell the tourists but what the fog does is so amazing you know we have the biggest trees in the world in the redwood forest here and they get most of their water from the fog i mean they get to like 350 feet high and it doesn't rain all summer here. So, you know, where do they get their water? Well, it's the fog. And most um, trees take water and bring it up from their roots and out the branches, while redwoods can take the fog from their branches and bring it down, as well as water from the roots and bring it up. And so they really need this fog. And it also doesn't just benefit the redwoods, it drips off and it benefits, you know, the salamanders, the frogs, all the creatures underneath as well. And so I just think that's really cool the way God sort of perfectly designed all that stuff. And um, I noticed the same thing was true with, you know, fog in our lives. We think, well, this is wrecking everything. You know, I, I had plans to, you know, go on a picnic or I had plans for my perfectly coiffed hair. And, you know, the foggy times in our lives where we really can't see and it doesn't make sense. This keeps us looking at God's hand um, when we say why. But when we look at his plans and we want to know what's next, then we look at it in his face. Mm. And foggy times are so great because they help us really, instead of relying on ourselves, we have to rely on God. And what we learn there, we can then bless others with. Like when I went through seven years of infertility, 
you know, I was able to help other people who felt like God had abandoned them. He wasn't answering their prayers. And I love to read about other people's lives. I'm Michelle Cushat has a book called Making Peace with an Imperfect Life. And she talks about um, divorce, remarriage, foster children, and two bouts with tongue cancer. Yeah. And, you know, just amazing. And what I love that she said there, she said, I don't always understand you, but I need you more than I need to understand you. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And those times we look from God's hand, just get me out of this to his face. Like, okay, I want to be closer to you. I want to know why I have hope. And I just think that's so cool that, you know, death may be, um, you know, pushing us down, sin in our lives, sin in it, just our fallen world. But life works in us so we can nurture other people. That is so good. And I, I'm glad you brought this up because it's one thing I want to talk about. Um, you know, you talk about seven years and IVF cycles and hundreds of needles and all this kind of stuff. And in the middle of it, you know, like God could snap his fingers and you can have a baby. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. I so, know. And I've never understood those people like when they go through a really horrible time and they're like, well, no, I was never angry at God. And I'm like, really? Because I was furious. And, and maybe I'm just more honest than others. But I was like, you could snap your fingers and change this. Why don't you? And yeah, that was a real struggle. You know, and I think everybody, you either get to this bitter barrier where God didn't deliver what you wanted. So, okay, I'm just going to sink down and suck my thumb and be angry. Or you realize, okay, I don't understand it all. And P.S., he doesn't need to explain it to me why. Mm-hmm. If I have eternal life, my husband taught me this. He said, look, you have eternal life. You have a God that said he's going to stick by you. So anything additionally is icing on the cake. So was he like saying that like in the middle of when you're like, why can't we have a baby? It was, I mean, cause that is like amazing advice. Like we do. And I've never heard anyone say it that way. Like we have eternal life, like anything else is bonus. But like in the middle of that, I mean, was he saying those things or how? Did well, you, even... you know, of course, if I was in the middle of pain and agony, he's like, oh, buck up buttercup. I, he probably would have been injured, but um <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he, you know, there were many long talks and walks out in nature where I'd be like, well, why this? I mean, he's allowing crack mothers to throw their babies away. I wouldn't do that. And, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, it's funny when we argue with God, we think we're using all our, you know, educated faculties to say, you know, look, you owe me an answer and he doesn't owe us anything. And I'm, I used, you know, Psalm um, 73 really helped me with this because um, it talks about how, you know, when I was embittered in my spirit, um, grieved, I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a brute beast before you. And I thought, okay, you know, here I'm demanding of God that he answer me. He doesn't, he's already given me everything I need. Yes, it would be nice to have a child. Yes, it would be nice if my loved one didn't have a fatal disease. Yes, all these things. But th- this is just a blip in life. And, you know, instead of why me, I think it really helps me to say, okay, what next? Of course, this life is tough. I mean, his beloved soldiers, Corey Ten Boom, all sorts of people have suffered greatly. Why should I have this life of ease? And I've noticed, too, my prayer life is so much better when I'm going through tough times. So yeah. that's also to our benefit. <laughs> yeah, it is so true. And um, and I think so many times, like, we want our goal to be comfortable. <laughs> like, I want oh, my yeah. house to be clean. We want no problems in life. We want everyone to get along. <laughs> we want comfortable. And we don't need God. Like, we're good to go. <laughs> we don't need things. And, you know, even in my life, like, 
the things that he's called us to, you know, adopting kids, caring for my grandma. It's like taken me so far out of my comfort zone. And like you, there's times where, I mean, I'll, you know, the opposite, like all of a sudden we have seven extra kids <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, are you sure this is what you called me to as there's a kid like slamming the door on my face and yelling at me and having tantrums and like having to go to trauma therapy multiple times with different kids every week. And it's like, this is so hard. Um, and it's like, I'm just trying to do what you asked me to. And it's, it's almost like God, you know, how to do this wake up call. Like, it's not about you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) They, where would they be? You know, first of all, but then like, look at what the hard stuff that these kids have been. And I'm just like, look at what I've given up or look at how hard this is. And he's like, it's not about you. I needed you to give them a home and to love them, you know, and I will be here. And so those moments when I'm like totally wrecked because the day hasn't gone well, it's, it's just that reminder. Like it isn't about me. It's about what he wants to do in the world and through others and you know somehow my story is tied in but I think so many times we do we just like why isn't this easier God but as Mm. we seek him as we pray like you said your prayer life it's realizing that um our out of our comfort zone is actually where we can see God which ties back into nature (laughs) getting out of our air-conditioned house and and into seeing the world around us and you know when we like even when we're in nature um we went to glacier park not this well we went this last time last summer too but like two summers ago we went and it's look it's wild so there's cliffs there is bears um there's uh, rivers that people drowned in all the time up there and uh we got out of our car we pulled over to go to this little hiking spot and i told my husband like the girls already headed down to the river and he's like I'll go save them. And we were kind of joking. But by the time he got down there, or I think she was 12 at the time, stepped on slippery rocks and like went into the water. And thankfully Ugh. she was like in this little pool area that wasn't raging. And he was able to just like grab her out like super quick, but he got there right in the nick of time. And it's like, this is hard. Like nature is hard. Like this is not always easy and pretty, but when we step out, when we step out of our comfort zone, like God is there and he reaches down and he rescues us when we slip off the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I used to put 45 pounds on my back and go backpacking up 7,000 feet. And you know, I don't, I'm not that aggressive anymore. I just maybe go for a walk along the ocean, which is fine. You know, the studies show just getting outside for 20 minutes is great. And it, you don't have to go backpacking. You can be on your back porch, just put up a bird feeder and watch the birds and notice like, okay, who eats what food? Huh? Who gets along with others and doesn't? Huh? That's interesting. You Just getting outside is so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just getting that, just, just seeing, I mean, the, the air, the, the everything is just so, so good for us. Yeah. And it's also shown uh, to help creativity, you know, Beethoven, took long walks when he wanted to do his composing and Steve Jobs oftentimes had um, the founder of Apple had meetings outside on walks because he found it fueled his creativity. And um, I interviewed Scott Cook who founded um, Intuit, does Quicken software, QuickBooks. Oh yeah. And he, yeah, he was talked about um, how important his yearly backpacking trip was. I mean, he goes with old high school friends to really remote areas. And I said, why is this so important to you? I mean, you think, you know, as this Titan of Silicon Valley, you'd be, you know, in Silicon Valley all the time. He's like, no, I really need this to sort of quiet my mind. I read books, just getting out in nature. And he said, it's really helps my creativity. And I thought, well, 
if somebody like that, you know, finds that it, he really benefits from nature, how about the less of us, you know, those of us with lesser brains and, you know, we're not moguls and titans of industry, but how much more would it benefit us? Yeah, that is so good. And I love another thing you talk about is the stars, um, which just reminded me, it was just two nights ago, we had friends over for dinner and they're, they moved here from Miami. And so we walk outside and like, we're walking into the car and all of a sudden he looks up and he's like, wow, you can see the stars. And I'm like, yeah, they're in the sky. Like <laughs> you can always see the stars. He's like, no, in Miami, like you can't see the stars at night because of pollution no. and the lights and stuff. And it's, I think sometimes we like take that for granted. Like when I'm out driving, like every night there are stars, but it's not something that everyone can see and enjoy. Yeah, and it's definitely um, changing. There's there's actually an organization that's concerned with the light pollution on the planet because it is becoming more and more that you know kids don't see the stars. And even Scott mentioned when he was a kid growing up in L.A., they talk about the Milky Way, and he'd be like, what is the Milky Way? I've never seen this. He said, well, once I got to be out in the mountains or more remote areas, rural areas, he looked up and went, oh, that's the Milky Way. I mean, it just so different when you're on a an area that doesn't have a lot of light pollution yeah yeah and i didn't even think about that because we lived in i've always lived in kind of rural areas so there is like cities where you just don't see all the stars and the constellations and everything which is just um missing out on so much that it's just right there that displays god's beauty and um, well here's what, something oh go ahead oh i was gonna say what my daughter um has a sweatshirt that we got at the creation museum and um, it talks about, in, in Genesis, it says, you know, it talks about God, you know, created the skies. And then he says, and then he made the stars. Like this, just a side note. Of, and then he made the stars. And she has that on her shirt because it's like, we're like, wow, stars. And then it's like, he just did it. Just made the stars. Yeah. Psalm 147 says he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. And there's a fun thing to do with your kids. I call it star math. It's simple subtraction. So you find a constellation that you're familiar with, like maybe it's Orion, you know, mm -hmm. and his belt or Big Dipper. So, um, you know, Orion has that belt. There's three stars. Well, the one on the far left if you you can Google any star, but you'll find out it's 817 light years away. So what you do is you subtract that from the current year, 2019, and that tells you when the light left that star. So we're actually kind of looking back in time when we see the light from the stars. So when you do that math for that star, it left there from the year AD 1202. So that's from the time of King John of England, the Fourth Crusade is underway. And that's when that light left that star. Isn't that fun? And it's just simple subtraction. Okay, it's like blowing my mind because I'm like, yeah. here, like, wow, that's amazing. That is crazy. yeah. So you can you can tie in um, science and history for your kids during homeschooling. That is so good. Like, yeah, we're gonna be doing that. I'm like, hey, my friend Lori told me this. I, they'll actually yeah. think that's fun. Like, they'll think that's cool because it's always and we do history timelines because I think also. I don't know, just growing up, like you learn different things, but you don't realize like, oh, this person lived during the same time as this and this happened. And um, I'm, I'm, it's so funny because I read a lot to my kids during homeschool and I'm like, no way, that's so cool. And they're looking at me like, mom, you've lost. I'm like, I did not learn some of this stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. I remember because you do sunlight, right? Yeah, we do. 
Yeah. Yeah. We did some sunlight when I was homeschooling my son. And I remember I was listening to like, wait, wait, don't tell me or some radio program. And they said, and the biggest rodent in the world is, and I'm like, oh, it's the capybara. And <laughs> so I was like, how do you know that? I was like, sunlight curriculum. I learned about this <laughs> rodent. Yeah. Like it, I remember one, our girls are Hispanic. So we do like anything about Mexico is going to be super interesting to them. And then uh, we were learning about when uh, Mexico actually sold California and Texas and stuff to the United States. And it was like, it was like 1846 or 47. Cause I remember like, Oh my word. And they're like, what? I'm like 49ers. Like right after that gold was discovered in California. It's like, I never realized it was just a couple of years after Mexico sold California. The gold was discovered in California. I'm like, yeah. big bummer. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is like bad timing there. Yeah. So I'm like, like flipping out because I'm like, this is so interesting. This is so amazing. I never knew this. And my kids are like, mom, chill. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved homeschooling. The stuff you learn, it just, you know, nature, history. It's just so great. Yeah. And I was thinking as I'm like through this book, I'm like, this would be a great one to do with homeschool because it does, like you were saying, it has this, the science and it ties in. And then we have the little exploring further questions at the back. So I think that would be super fun. Yeah. I mean, parents and adults are always going to learn something from each chapter that you can pass on to your kids. I mean, did you know fireflies are actually a beetle? Did you know that, you know, there aren't really many West, I mean, they're really none that are visible all that much west of the Rockies and they like moisture and that's why you find them on the East Coast. And did you know some parts of the world there, they, they put off their lights and synchronous displays and, you know, why is that? And yeah, it's just, there's always something you can learn or teach a kid from each chapter. Yeah. That's so fun. Like, I, I'm going to be talking about fog tonight at dinner. Yeah. I'm going to be bringing up the fog. Although my kids, because they're Arkansas kids, they'd be like, what? What are you talking about? We have um, humidity here. We don't really have very much fog. But it's kind of well, the same thing. Yeah. And um, you have chipmunks, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite chapters because I talk about how chipmunks can stuff their cheeks and how they do it out of a sense of lack. And then, you know, and they have to provide for themselves. They're not like bears that hibernate and live off their stored fat. You know, chipmunks have to wake up periodically throughout the winter and then they eat their stored food. But then I talk about, well, oh, and I'm really honest in this chapter. I talk about, okay, so I stuff my life full of clothes that don't fit because I hope they will. I stuff my life with, you know, crafts and things I'm going to do. And I'd have to live to be about 110 to do them all. <laughs> and I stuff, you know, when I'm tense, I open the refrigerator and I'm just sitting there eating and stuffing my face, not because I'm hungry, because I'm nervous. And I just talk about all the ways we stuff our lives. Mm. And why do we do that? Because we don't have a sense of lack like the chipmunk. We have everything we need. And, you know, that's a great thing for kids to learn as well, that we don't have to stuff our lives with all this stuff because, you know, I'm sure you have to routinely declutter your home for all the items and toys and things. That yeah, we kind of do it when they're like at camp for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at mom cleaned your room and they don't, they don't, they don't miss it. Sometimes once in a while they'll be like, have you seen my something? And they'll like, well, I, you know, that didn't fit you anymore or whatever. But you know, most of the time they don't even realize when I go and clean how like, that I took out eight bags of stuff from the room. Yeah. yeah. I used to do that when uh, my son was little. Now, uh, I don't think I could get away with that. At yeah. 16, he's like, no, I know where everything is. Don't you touch it. Yeah. No, I had to do that with my teenagers. This is a whole, we could do a whole little podcast on this because 
well, just growing up in foster care, they oh, lost yeah. stuff. Like they, when they were taken away, they didn't have stuff. And then, like different foster homes, stuff got left behind. One foster home, one of our daughters had lice, and her foster family burnt all her stuff. Um, it just they have a lot of issues with stuff, and so. My teen daughters, it, literally, I was there for 12 hours in one day on a Saturday and eight hours on a Sunday going through everything. And we took out like 20 bags of garbage and stuff because they're, they have this like want to keep everything, which is rooted in all the loss in their past. So I'll all be, the lack. Yeah. yeah. So I'll hold up like a piece of cardboard. I'm like, do we need this? Well, I got that at the youth conference and someone wrote a smiley face on it for me. I'm like, okay, you have that, you have that memory, but you need to keep this piece of cardboard. So it was a lot, like everything in the room. That's why I took all those hours, everything in the room. Do you need to keep this? But at the end, they were like so happy, you know, that the room was clean and everything. But yeah, sometimes we're, yeah, there's, there's those reasons why we keep holding on to things. That can be like a whole. Well, it's usually always emotional. Yeah, it is. It's a memory. It's a. And so, yeah, even they had they had some old ratty T-shirts and torn purses. And I'm like, we're not keeping this. And it was stuff <laughs> that I found later that their bio mom had given them. No, that was the last thing I got. That was the last T-shirt I wore when we were taken away or whatever. So we did, uh. we did keep a little box that we put stuff in that's up in their closet. That's, I mean, it's, you know, a little Amazon box. I mean, it's not too huge. <laughs> but it's their things that they could not get rid of. That I'm like, okay. It's, we'll put those in there and that was good but yeah hmm. all the things all the things all the things but I am so excited that we got a chat today and um, chat about your book and chat about your life and all that you're doing and I just love I mean right now is a perfect time to get out and take the walk and you know think about oh, a is. Saturday where you go out and just find a nature trail yeah and um I have on my um website I have this resource on the front page that it's it's a senses guide like how to sense God's presence it's 38 pages it's free you just download it and what's fun about it is you it helps you notice nature through sound like can you hear crickets chirping can you hear the wind can you hear you know which is a great thing to do with kids and can you can you touch a something spiny spiky slimy um <coughs> excuse me um there are all sorts of ways to just sense God's presence mm. through nature and fall's a great time because you got the crunchy leaves and they're turning color it's all sorts of stuff like that oh I love that that'll be perfect to go we have our favorite <laughs> favorite little nature trails that we'd love to do around here um I have a good story that we'll we'll end it with this but we went with when our son-in-law was here visiting in the spring and we went to this little like swampy because there's this area in near Little Rock that has like a swampy area that's um like the it has the trees that have the huge roots i forgot where they're called they go in the water and the swamps and so we took the trail out there and halfway down the trail we saw the hugest cottonmouth snake ever um, on the trail well it was like off the side of the trail but of course we're not going to walk past it because it was within six inches of the trail and so we're like yeah we're gonna turn around here <laughs> But on the way back, I I felt was so, so disappointed because we didn't actually get to go to like the swamp part. We were just in the trail leading up to it. And I was telling my son-in-law, like, I'm so sorry you didn't get to see the swamp. He was like flying out the next day. And he goes, no, that was so satisfying because they don't have like poisonous big snakes in the Czech Republic. Um, and so oh. he was like so excited that he got to see like a poisonous snake in person. We were 
So it was satisfying. <laughs> it was satisfying, even if you don't get to see the swamp. Just if you well, get and it's funny that happens with kids a lot. You know what we think is the amazing Grand Canyon, you know, view, and they're like, "No, this little snake or this lizard running around—that's totally that's it for me. That's great." Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I love that resource. Like, what do you hear? What do you? Yeah, that's going to be a great yeah. resource. And I think you know, as parents, we say, "Go outside and play," and they're thinking, "And do what?" So you can tell them, look, do a scavenger hunt. Look for four things that you can touch that have different textures. Look for four things that you can hear that are different. You know, use that guide to help kids discover nature on their own. That'll be great. Okay, so spell your name for us so that we can make sure and get the website. Okay, it's lauriekaler.com. Lori is L-A-U-R-I-E. And Kaler looks like Keller. It's K-E-H-L-E-R. Awesome. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being here. And we will include everything on the show notes. Um, but hopefully we'll get to connect again in person. Like, this is so fun connecting. I know. Over... Yeah, we'll have to meet up at some conference or something. I know. That would be awesome. I would love that. And I just um, just appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been such a delight to catch up with you. And I just have to say, I'm so much in awe when I... Watch what you're doing on Facebook. I'm like, oh my gosh, how does she manage with <laughs> all those kids and homeschooling? And she's got this podcast and she does this and she does that. And I'm just like, you know, the comparison thing. I'm like, I'm not doing anything with my life. And I'm like, Lori, don't compare. <laughs> don't compare. <laughs> but you get to watch, you get, you get to walk along the beach. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> but I have to say, like, one reason I love the podcast is because the door is closed. And, you know, for like 30, 40 minutes, I could just talk with a friend or talk with a new friend. <laughs> it's like catch up time. So, yeah, it's kind of for me. I mean, it's for my listeners, too, but it's kind of for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all need those few moments of just quietness and adult conversation. Exactly. Well, thank you, Lori, so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been great, Tricia. Okay, after listening to Lori, like I totally, first of all, I'm going to go to that place where the fireflies are. That is so amazing. But also, as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and I'm going to go sit on my porch and enjoy the afternoon. Yes, I still have piles of mail on my desk. There is clothes that need to be folded in the dryer. I still have to get dinner into the Instant Pot. Um, but... I just need five minutes to connect with God. My husband worked all year on the beautiful flowers in our front. They, you know, we're in Arkansas, so we still, they're still out there. Um, but I am so thankful that nature, that God's beauty is displayed. And hopefully you can step out your door and you can do that today and be encouraged. Now, today's walk it out verse is 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one an aroma from death to death and to another an aroma from life to life. And I pray friend, that today that you will be that encouragement, you will be that aroma to Christ, that you will reach out, that you will connect with others, that you will be a beautiful fragrance to them. Now, just like Lori talked about how nature all around us points us to God, 
I pray that your life will be that fragrance and it will lead other people to Christ. Now, let me just take a moment and pray for you today. Dear God, I am so thankful for my friend. I am thankful um, for their relationship with you. I'm thankful that that relationship with you can point to Christ, can be an aroma from life to life to another person. Um, And I also pray, Lord, that when we get too busy, when we get overwhelmed, that we won't just like go and sit in front of a computer and waste our time and our energy scrolling through Facebook or watching another Netflix show, but we will remember that you are a God who is out there that wants to connect with us, who wants to inspire us, and we will turn to nature, that we will spend time to you, that we will turn and realize again that you are so amazing. I remember there have been many hard days where I just turn to you and say, God, you're a creator of everything. Help me reform my day. Um, so friend, I pray that you may do that today. Thank you, God, for all that you are doing for us and in us and through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I am so thankful for Lori and for all that she is doing to walk out her faith, walk out her life, walk through hard stuff, walk through good stuff, but mostly point us to God who is in nature and who is all around us. This book is great. It's a great one. I think it would be a great book to read with your family as it talks about the different cool, exciting things in nature. Okay, here we go. This is our last thing before I sign off. Mountain lions, did you know they can bound up to 40 feet running? Leap 15 feet up a tree, climb over a 12-foot fence, travel as many as, as many miles at 10 miles per hour, and reach speeds of 50 miles per hour. Amazing! And that's just one creature. Just think about all the creatures and all that God has made and done. Well, friend, I hope you were encouraged. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lori. And I hope that you will be blessed. Now, I would love to connect with you. If you would take a minute, drop me a note at hello at trishagoyer.com. Let me know what you think of this podcast. Maybe you could share people that you think would be great guests. I would love to hear it. I would love to make new friends. Now, Lori is an old friend. We've known each other for many, many years. But I would love to make new friends, too. So just let me know if there is someone that you would love me to talk to. Again, thank you for tuning in to Walk It Out. I pray you will have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.